everything that's going on right now with um you know how messed up this country is like i don't want to be dragged away from my son or daughter you know like i want to be there for them i want to be there to care for them you know like every single thing that dad's supposed to do i want to do it you know like i want to be able to tell them i love them every day um and actually mean it you know cuz people could tell you that they love you but they don't mean it you know like i feel like that's how my dad was to me because he said i love you and he's has said i love you plenty of times but it, it comes to a point that you just accept it like you're like all right like i love you too like you know all that's going on you know behind the mask and everything that's also going in the front i think it's very powerful to be able to share i think it's very special and uh even if it's like you and me you know just sharing i feel like um being able to talk about behind what's behind the mask with someone it, it's a relief you know so yeah and like you said um you could really learn a lot from a person because like like i've seen you at the office a couple times like three times um but i didn't really know you like that and now i feel like you know i i know you a lot more like it now like back then i would just say hi and like now i feel like i know who i'm saying hi to you know welcome to the taking off the mask podcast in today's episode we're going to try something new last episode you heard me talking with Breno our first uh, test at what we were going to do and over the summer uh, 2020 during the COVID season uh, ever forward my program created a social emotional leadership uh, academy and in this academy we had young men come together uh, because there were so many of them that were, had nothing to do over the summer and so for this five weeks we put together an experience for them to have some deep conversations to learn, to work on a project. And one of the projects was going to be the podcast. And if, you've, if you work with youth, you know that uh, one of the things that is really empowering is for them to work on something that's real. And I don't know if there's anything more real than a podcast that is a dream of yours. But one thing you learn quickly is that young people sometimes will not necessarily take it as serious as you will because as a dream of mine uh, to hand it to 15 and 16 year olds and say hey help us move this thing forward was an interesting experience like that's the that's the real uh situation that that happened there's so many stories i'm going to tell you throughout this story throughout the journey of this podcast that you're going to learn from how it all started this summer um because during a time where everything was under chaos uh, we were in creation mode and everything wasn't being created necessarily in the most efficient or even the most professional way, but we were in action. And so uh, today's conversation was an idea by one of our interns that said, what if we have the interns talk to each other? Like maybe they interview each other using our tool, the uh, Million Mask Movement, using the tool of what we've been doing with taking off the mask. How about two young people who don't know each other very well get to know each other better? And so in this conversation, you're going to hear Alum and Alberto. Now, they don't know each other very well. They've seen each other maybe once or twice in our Ever Forward office. They were working on two separate campaigns, so they don't really work together. But during this conversation, they get to know each other very well. What would it be like to know that if you met someone... You had a tool to have a deep and meaningful conversation, not just about music or art or sports or the weather or uh, your job or what your profession is. But what if you could meet someone and say, how about we have a, a let's attempt to see if we can connect. And I think that what we hear in this podcast is two young men who are learning about each other in real time being surprised, being amazed, being reflective. This is the work that we're trying to do around the world. 
We thank you for being here. Um, I guess I'll tell you a little background about how I know the two young men. Um, Alberto was an intern through his high school um, in a program called the Work Leadership, WLE. I don't really know what it stands for, really, but WLE was a work experience where he worked with me for three weeks, um, actually over the uh, semester, actually. Um, Two days a week, he came to our office. He worked with us. Uh, He was a sophomore in high school. And he was not ready to be working with a company, with an organization. He was still trying to figure out his own self. And we learned a lot together. It was a lot of uh, uh, interesting and meaningful conversations. Um, and after he graduated high school, he stayed in touch. And we um, invited him to come and work with us as an intern. So uh, that's Alberto. And Alum uh, happened to meet um, in San Diego during one of our Ever Forward college tours. He was... Um, really incredible young man. He came up to me and he was like, are you, were you in a documentary? <laughs> and he saw me talking to a bunch of teenagers. So he pretty was sure it was me, but I was like, yeah. Um, and he said, I saw the documentary and that connection that day at San Diego, I think we were at Balboa park, um, has grown. Uh, he was still in high school at the time. Now he's in college. And, um, during the summer, sometimes, uh, well, this summer he came and worked with us. I'm on the Million Mask Movement. So uh, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. And um, if you're interested in having a conversation with somebody, please reach out to us. Um, the Million Mask Movement is welcome and open to everyone. Uh, you can actually go online and make your own mask at 100kmasks.com. Um, www.100kmasks.com. And on that site, you can anonymously create your own mask. What these two young men are going to do in this conversation, um, a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old coming together, having a really deep, meaningful conversation. We hope you enjoy taking off the mask podcast. Welcome. All right. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast podcast where we get vulnerable and honest with ourselves in a raw, friendly, and real way. I'm Alan, and today I'm on a call with Alberto. Hello, Alan. Alan and I both work at the Ever Forward Club, and today, for our viewers and listeners, we're going to be making masks. So the process of making masks starts with taking one of our mask cards. On the left side, you draw a picture of a mask with words that illustrate what you gladly show to the world. On the right side, which represents the back of the mask, you write a few words that illustrate things that you don't let people see. These are things that you don't have a space to talk about or that you simply don't want to talk about. This is an exercise that we do at Everford to explore our own masks and have a conversation. Here at the Ever Forward Club, by making masks, we help our young people, adults, and community gain a deeper understanding of how much we have in common. People all over the world can understand the concept of wearing masks, especially in these times of COVID. People understand what it's like to ignore those things that in our lives we don't think people understand. Yeah. And so today we're going to be taking on this uh, conversation about our own masks, Alberto and myself. But before that, I want to go ahead and just do a quick check-in with you, Alberto. I know that one thing that we do with the Everforward team, we do quick check-ins throughout the week. We do them daily sometimes just to see where people are at. Just um, communicate with a number from one to 10, from one being the worst, from 10 being the best, and just have one minute or 30 seconds to just let out what's going on, something that you have in your chest. And um, I feel like this is going to be a great way to discuss our own masks. But um, I want to go ahead and invite you, Alberto, to start with uh, the check-ins, just the number that you're at and a little bit about what's going on. Okay. Um, well, actually, early earlier today, I did a check-in with the interns, and I set a six. Um, but right now, I feel like, I feel like a nine. Um, Day's been going pretty good. Um, and just, um, I was a six earlier because of things that had happened um, throughout the weekend. But um, throughout today, I, um, 
I told to myself that I can't let, you know, what happened in the weekend affect what's going to happen tomorrow or even today. So that's why um, my mood's a little better and um, I'm a nine. Thank you for sharing. Uh, my name is Alan Fernandez. I'm at a 8.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I got really excited uh, today when I learned that I was going to be on a podcast because it's the first time for me and I think you, you as well, Alberto. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm just excited. Uh, I've never done it. I've always had a just very a lot of nerves, a lot of stress, especially thinking about what a podcast with the Ever Forward would look like. Just talking about something that we usually don't talk about, being vulnerable with a, a group of people that we don't know. But I've found that you know if, if I'm able to share something about myself, uh, some something that's been a roadblock for me and something that I'm currently going through that will help people with some advice that I have, some of the processing that I've been, that's uh, going on. And yeah, so I'm excited and I'm also happy this morning. I got some, um, uh, I got some peanut butter protein powder <laughs> and just, just a little bit about myself. I uh, recently went vegan, so it's exciting. And so, yeah, that's me. All right. Thank so you thank you. So let's go ahead and just um, talk about our masks. Um, we took some time before this call to fill out our masks and really do the exercise since we have some exposure with the masks and the concept of um, the front and the back. And so um, would you like to start, Alberto, with your mask? Uh, yeah. Um, well, here's my mask. Um, I, when I was making this mask, I actually took a, a long time um, to make it because um, um, I was an intern for the Everford Club when I was 16, um, back in the 10th grade. And um, I remember seeing a lot of masks. And um, I remember the first time I did it, I didn't take it serious. I just, I just wrote with a lot of other um, people, right, which is just happy, 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 and then um, scared or sad. Um, but I, I ain't really, I didn't really put much mind to it until I feel like today, um, um, I was looking back into my life, um, things that I'm going through right now. And I, I wrote serious in the front, fun and unbothered. Um, my first word was serious. Um, I wrote serious because um, I was born in Mexico um, when I was eight. Um, I was by over here, Oakland, California. Um, and I can guarantee that back then when I was eight in Mexico, um, I didn't have to show that I was serious. Um, by serious, I mean like, you know, um, if I don't know you, I'm gonna look serious. I'm like a mug face, basically. Um, and back then, I didn't feel like I needed that. Um, I learned that out here. Um, I I grew up alone. Um, my mom was always working 24-7. Um, don't blame her for that, but, you know, she wasn't really there for me when I needed her um, because of work. Um, my dad... Um, he wasn't there for me either. He left um, like six months into us being here. So I felt like I had to learn a lot um, on my own, especially out here in Oakland. Back then it used to be a little tougher. Um, but yeah, um, I remember I used to smile at everyone. I didn't speak any English. So um, people would look at me crazy. So. I guess I was seemed that soft because I was just smile. I couldn't talk because I didn't know how to speak the language. Um, so I learned um, have a serious face. So if you have a serious face, um, nobody can read you if you have a serious face, you know, because you're not mm -hmm. showing no emotion. So um, that's why I wrote serious. Thank you. I'll go ahead and do one of mine. 
um, for the front of mask. So I wrote calm and um, not, I didn't write serious, but I wrote calm because um, I like to generally show people that I'm well put, I'm like together, I'm not stressed, I'm not um, thinking about a million things or that I'm not unhappy. I usually like to show people that I'm doing okay, doing fine. And then most of the time I'm not, I may be stressed, I may be a little bit tired, a little bit upset, frustrated, but I like to just have that facade of just being calm, which I feel like it doesn't harm me, but um, I like to generally show people that I'm okay. You know, it, regardless of anything, you know, like if I'm in college and I'm like stressed about a final or if, if something's not going well, um, I like to keep myself together. So that's one of the things that I gladly show people, just staying calm. My second word was fun. Um, I guess um, I didn't put it because I want to show people that I'm fun, but it is it's just me, you know, like, I'm always like, mm, actually, fun slash reckless, I feel, for me, because, um, you know, I tend to not think twice about what the things, like, the things that I'm doing, you know, if I, if I think it's fun, I'm going to do it, even if it has some type of consequence. Um, I like to have fun, you know, I like to hang out with my friends. Um, And, you know, I, I live for that. Like, if I'm having fun, I'm gonna do it. Like, like you could tell that um, if it's something not fun for me, like, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna leave. Like, I remember my dad, um, before we came over here, um, he always told me that, uh, well, he said it in Spanish, I don't know if I could say it in Spanish or if I could translate it. I don't know how to translate it in English. Um, but I'm gonna say in Spanish. So he said, um, go ahead. Um, si, si no te gusta lo que estás haciendo, apartate. So, mm. um, with that, it was like, like, if you don't like what's going on around you, like separate yourself from the situation. And so I, I always, um, live by that in a way, um, you know, have friends, you know, they smoke, they drink, they do all these things. Um, and, you know, I always separated myself from those situations because it was just, it just wasn't me. Like, I'd rather have fun, like, playing basketball. Like, even though I do those things sometimes, you know, but, um, yeah, if I don't like it, I'm going to always separate myself from the situation. Thank you. My second word is um, organized. So kind of similar to calm. I like to uh, show people that I have everything in order that I have, like, you know, um, my schedule, my daily schedule in order that I know what I'm doing, that I'm working on my personal projects, that I'm making sure that I get things done, that I'm accountable. And so I like to generally show people that I'm responsible and that I can take on different tasks and assignments, especially at, at work, um, interning with the Everford club. I definitely like, uh, to apply that, uh, skill of being organized and I like to show um, branch that I have things in order that I can communicate you know my my assignments and, and if I have any questions so generally I like to I like to be organized and I like to show people that I can handle uh, some projects that they throw at me that's what's up um my third one was unbothered um how do I explain I'm bothered? Um, I just, mm, like I said before, um, with the consequences, if, if I don't, I just don't really, I don't be caring like that. Um, if, like, I have friends, but um, I don't really care about their opinion or um, others' opinion. Um, on how they see me, on what they think of me. Um, I'm just, I'm bothered all the time. Like, I'm going to do what I got to do. And then if I like it, then that's on me. And um, of course, I got those little soft spots for like my mom, my sisters. But um, 
other than that, um, just don't bother. Like you could think what you want of me, and and that's that. My third word is uh, smart. So along with being organized, I like to show people that I, um, you know, can take on the task and make smart decisions. You know, this is something I've recently been doing at um, interning with uh, the Ever Forward Club. I've been uh, just taking on some tasks, some projects that um, have been delegated to me and just uh, making sure that I can, you know, have some insight myself and be able to present it to uh, Ashanti and get uh, an approval. So kind of like presenting to him, uh, just working on that skill of um, being given a task and being able to interpret what it's asking and, and be able to, to like present an idea to, to my boss or to my parents about some personal project that I might need some funding for. Like if I want a garden, like I want to get a garden as well. And I want to tell them, well, I've been doing some research and I've been seeing all the positives and, and being able to invest in our own backyard garden, you know? And so generally I like to show people that I'm being thoughtful and that I'm actually doing things with intention, you know, and um, showing them that I'm like making smart decisions about like my plans and just regular things that I do. Okay. So that was the front of our masks. And um, I think, we got to know each other a little bit more and just share a little bit about ourselves. But I feel like really the back of the masks, things, things that we may process ourselves, but we don't really get to talk to others about and that we yeah. don't really share with others. Like that's, that's really where the, the vulnerability can, can get, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to be vulnerable? And yeah. one of the things that I was excited about for this podcast is just, being able to use this platform and, and just having a conversation with you and, and with the viewers as well. And I think it's very powerful. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to uh, just feel uh, these feelings. I don't know, just discuss something difficult that I haven't myself had time to really discuss, but have this space to do it with you. So I'm really thankful. Yeah. I also feel like it's really helpful um, to have like a space and where you could talk about these type of feelings that you have, like, inside of you um yeah all right so we're gonna go ahead and start with the back of the masks and um i'll, I'll go ahead and start with the first one and then we'll do the back and forth again okay sounds so good. for my first one i put hopeless and most of my life i was always taught to never give up you know to no matter what just keep going you know, and uh, I remember just this past quarter uh, being in math and I feel like I wasn't really ready for, I w not that I wasn't ready, but I wasn't willing and ready to put in the work that math required. And I went in really confident and, and just thinking that I could slack off in math. And it ended up being really bad because I ended up in a position at the end where I had to get a really high score on the final. And I just kept thinking just how hard I had to work to make up for the work that I didn't do in the beginning of the quarter. And I don't know, I just began to feel, to just feel hopeless. You know, I was like, well, what's, what's the point? I, I have to work really hard. I know I don't work that hard. So why did I do this to myself? So I felt trapped and I was like, you know what? I can just say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to study what I need to study for the final to do a good job to pass the class. And, you know, I, I just felt like I didn't care at that point. I was like, you know, I'm doing fine my other classes, but for this class that I slacked off, I'm just going to go ahead and drop the ball. You know, and I, I don't know, like I felt like, I felt like giving up was a choice in that situation where I had always been taught, like taught just to never give up and to keep trying. You know, my, my sister who's also in, in college has always told me to, to keep trying. You know, in, in every story that I see on, on some TV shows or, or just stories about people, you know, overcoming an obstacle and, and never giving up. You know, there's a quote by um, um, Martin Luther King Jr. that I came upon recently. He's uh, talking about, um, I don't want to butcher the, the quote, but basically he talks about uh, through any means possible. You know, if you can't walk 
you can crawl. If you can't crawl, then you can, you can do, find some other way to keep moving forward, you know, but no matter what, never give up, you know? And so I've taken that to heart and um, I want to work on finding the strength to be able to say, you know what, I'm not going to give up on this class. I'm not going to give up on myself because the whole reason why we go to college and take on new positions and education is for ourselves, you know? And so um, I have to realize that, you know, by giving up, even if I put myself in that position, I still have a chance to be able to pass a class and do a good job, you know? And so I have to really think about the value of myself and not giving up on myself because I know that with, with a lot of work and, you know, college is hard. That's one of the things that I realized, but um, I've learned that I was hopeless in that situation and that I need to really question myself about why and really find a way to motivate myself to just have hope and to continue giving that effort, you know, into the places that I need to in my education. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, well, my first word is um, betrayed. Um, it was my first word because I felt like It was my first word because me being betrayed, um, I feel like made me the person who I am right now or made me the person. I don't know. I don't know if I'm on the right path or on the wrong path, but I know that being betrayed is what made me what I am right now. So I wrote betrayed because, um, mostly because of my father. Um, you know, like I said, I was eight, um, came to this country. Um, and I just felt like he gave up on me, you know? Um, I felt like he could have done more for me to, um, like he could have helped me more to become a better man. Um, I feel like I've done a lot without him, but um, I felt like it made me a different person. Like, um, it made me wanna, um, it made me look for his love in other places that weren't the right places. Um, I don't know if it was because it was, I lived in Oakland and, um, you know, just different types of, um, of people walking around, um, you know, on your block. Um, I don't know if, like, if I would, if I was to be born somewhere else, I mean, if I was to be, um, raised somewhere else and then I looked outside my home, I probably would have found a good mentor and he would have guided me the right path, but that's not my reality. So, um, I learned to stop beating myself up for that. Um, and I just feel like. Like, like, yeah, um, I'm running out of words to say because um, what I wrote on the, the back of my mask is like really um, touching, like it really be touching the spot for me. So I'm gonna try my best to like tell my truth um, without, you know, um, losing the words, but yeah, I feel like because I was betrayed, um, I started or have the tendency to betray other people. Um, not saying that I'm not loyal, but I just, I tend to not care about people's feelings, you know, because, um, my father didn't care about my feelings. So I, I live by the by the thought of why should I care about other people's feelings, you know? Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing, Alberto. Yeah. My second word on my mask was lost. 
um, for me, um, you know, tying along with hopelessness um, of that class and, and just in general, I was feeling lost because I, I just came upon a lot of times when I was wondering like what I want to do with life, like what do I want to pursue as a career? What is my end goal? What 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 is the purpose of me being here? What do I want to accomplish? You know, questioning myself. And I had a lot of trouble, you know, finding the answers to like what my career will be and what really interests me. And and I don't know, like I I I began to be just very pessimistic about my future. I was like, well, I don't know what I want my career to be. And I know I'm not working towards a specific career right now. So I was like, well, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm going into. And so just feelings of being lost, you know, and, and that kind of just tied into me not being motivated to put in the effort in my education because I need to have a serious conversation with myself and with my parents who can give me guidance and my sister to be able to understand uh, what career interests me right now. Because I've talked to my friends and, and they even say sometimes that they're working towards a certain, they sign up for a program at a university and, and still at the end of that program, they say, that was a great experience, but I don't think this is what I want to do. You know, so I, I, I've found that what I need to do is also realize that some people are going into uh, education and, and they don't have to know necessarily what they want to do with life. Like, it's not like you're going to go into psychology as a major and you're going to be a psychologist. Like it's not set. So I, I have, you know, just been processing like what interests me, like what, what do I want to do to benefit the world because I've always really enjoyed the idea and the projects and the volunteering that I've done um, helping people at food banks or uh, interning with Branch and doing the workshops with him, just assisting. And these, um, these positions and this experience has really helped me understand that I really enjoy to just help others in any way that I can, you know, and, and make myself a resource for them you know, the food bank, just being able to help those that don't have food and, um, you know, finding opportunities where I can help and where I can make myself useful because I feel like there are a lot of things in this world, just really painful uh, situations where people are experiencing a lot of obstacles and I have not experienced obstacles to have to overcome, you know, and so I feel like I'm in a situation where I can help others. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Um, my second word, I have two, um, which is angry and guilt. Um, I grew up angry at the world. Um, I just grew up angry. I didn't really know who to blame it on. I didn't know how to blame it on the world, on God, my mom, my sisters. Um, my father, um, and I even grew grew up angry on myself um, because I just I felt like I allowed people to betray me. So I just grew up angry at everything. Um, whenever I met some someone good, like a good person, for people that try to help me, people that were there for me, people that. Um, you know, just wanted what was best for me. Um, I just always pushed them away. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and I, I feel like that's also a reason why relationships are not that good. Well, they they weren't that good for me because now I'm at a you know I'm at a different place. I'm at a better place. But back then, um, you know, I was just always pushing pushing girls away that were like you know really genuinely had love for me I just you know I just thought they wanted you know something for me or I thought they just was gonna play me or betray me like my father did so I always grew up with that um with that fear um of just being betrayed um trust issues um yeah relationships wasn't really that good for me I mean they was good for me 
But I just, you know, I never put my all into it because I was just afraid. Um, so this is where second word comes in, just guilt, um, angry, guilt. I live with guilt my entire life. Um, wake up every day <laughs> and um, I live guilty because I feel like because of all the pain that has, you know, come my way, I just, I tend to do people wrong um, in a sense that I just don't want to get hurt myself. So I'd rather hurt you before you hurt me. Um, and I didn't see it like that back then. I just seen it as, you know, y'all ain't going to touch me, like, you know. Um, for now, I just, I feel guilty. Um, I had a best friend. Um, his name is Luis. Um, I met him ninth grade. Um, we're really close. We did everything together. We was like British. Um, I met his family. He met mine. I would sleep over his house. He would sleep over mine. Um, everything we did was together. Um, I don't know if I can say it here, but I even, I even lost my virginity next to him. Um, he was with another girl. Um, so that's how close we were. Um, and then it came to the election. The When was the election? Do you know when the election was? When Trump got elected? Man. Well, 2014? 14? No, no, no. 16. 2016, yeah. Yeah, so um, 2016, Trump got elected. Um, me and Luis, we um, we had white tees, so we wrote "fuck Trump," um, and we were just rocking it um, at school. Um, our dean told us we couldn't wear it. We were like, "What? Why we can't wear it?" Like, you know, we're trying to like freedom of speech. We were saying freedom of speech, freedom of speech, and um, he wasn't having it. Um. So then he made us take our shirts off and then put it on backwards so you couldn't see fuck Trump. Um, first period, we had that class together. So um, we was texting each other, um, gather up the whole class, gather up all of our friends, and um, we made them um, write fuck Trump on their shirts too. And then after that class, it was all just screaming fuck Trump, um, like in the hallways and stuff. So they already knew. Um, our school is a really small school. Um, Envision Academy, it's like, it's really small. So they already knew who the bad kids was. So they already knew they found us with it first. So they already knew that we had started everything. Um, our dean, younger, uh, I don't know if he like, I don't know if he didn't like me. I don't know if he didn't like him, but we just never clicked. Um, so, one thing led to another. He like pushes us, pushes us, pushes us out the um the building, while the whole school is in um like in the hallway. It's a big hallway. They all screaming "fuck Trump." So we got the whole school turned up, and then we get get kicked out. And um, he says some that um I ain't gonna forget, but I ain't gonna say. Um, he says some out of pocket, right? Um, so me and Louise, we feel a certain way. Um, and we go through, um, <laughs> we go around the school. It's a building. It's like a big building. So, um, we go around, there's a window open. There's always a window open. It's, it's the teacher, one of my favorite teachers. She always leaves her window open. So we go through the window and then we just go straight at Mr. Younger. Um, you know, we do what we do. Um. We're, we're supposed to both get in trouble, but he took all the blame. So um, he was the one that was expelled. Um, and from there, we kind of like parted ways. Um, that's why I told the story. Um, yeah, from there, we kind of parted our ways. We still kept in contact, but um, kind of parted ways. And then from there, you know, other things happened. And then like, we were beefing at some point, you know? Like we were like, we didn't like each other at some point. So like these two brothers that loved each other, 
just, you know, faded apart. And he was murdered last year. Um, and, and that's why I say guilt, because I felt like I could have done something better for him. Um, or for us to um, still be friends. Um, this is a part that really like messes with me because um, I remember the last time we talked, you know, we were supposed to like kick it. Um, I still felt a certain way because of, of the past beef that we had. Um, it was my birthday. My birthday is on August 31st. Um, and he said happy birthday to me. Um, and I didn't reply. Um, he was killed eight days later. So um, I have to live with that guilt that I could have just put my feelings to the side. And um, could have said thank you. Um, those eight days, I could have hanged out with him at least a couple times, you know? Um, or, you know, he probably wouldn't have been there if we would have been close again. Like, you know, so many things I could have changed if I would have replied to that message. So that's why I live in guilt. I live with guilt every day. Um, I got a tattoo with his name. Um, and I feel like I got it out of guilt. Um, of course, I want to honor him, and that's why I got it too. But I feel like it was guilt that made me get it too, because I feel guilty. Um, so I just want to honor him and, you know, everything he did as much as I can. So, yeah. That's why I will go. Thank you for sharing. No, I'm sorry for your loss of your friend. Okay. So my, I'll do two words as well from the back, uh, the last two. The first one is grasping my purpose. And the next one is an ex-porn addict. So the first one that I mentioned, grasping my, my purpose, that's, um, that's one I kind of talked about already, really trying to find what I want to do, what gets me excited, what I can do to help the world, what career, um, kind of expecting like a pathway, what pathway I can take to just accomplish what I envision myself, you know, and I'm still working on piecing together a vision for myself of what I want to do, what I want to accomplish. And my, my parents have always told me just to dream high, to have a vision for myself that is greater than myself as of right now. So that through time and through just the universe will hopefully help me piece my life together and in the events that I have to be able to accomplish that vision that I have. And um, my last one is uh, ex-porn addict. So when I was like younger, I was like um, 15, 16, 17. This is a topic I usually wouldn't talk about. But as I got older, and I started realizing that, um, you know, just watching porn was getting in the way of my life and the way that I saw myself and others. Um, as I got older, I started realizing that I wasn't the only one struggling with this. Like uh, a, lot, a lot of times because I grew up in um, just a religious household, um, there wasn't really a place to talk about sex, to talk about porn, which, you know, most of us are exposed to on the Internet now. And I feel like to this day, it's something we usually don't talk about and it can be very uncomfortable. Um, but you know, like, I, I think it's important to have a conversation about it. Um, I think it really helps me just to have a conversation with someone about my struggle because most people may see it as just teenagers having fun and being reckless and, and watching porn. And it's like, you know, it, it is that, but at some point, you know, I, I realized that porn was really affecting me in the way that I was putting together this vision of what sex was, you know, and, and I myself hadn't had any sexual uh, 
experience, you know, when I was younger, 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, and I was just creating this idea, you know, and I was creating expectations of, of a relationship. Really, I really stayed away from, uh, I didn't have a girlfriend for a long time, like all of high school. And I, I would always think about why, you know, why I would push away from being in a relationship with someone. And I was just thinking about how, you know, I, I kind of put together that a relationship involved sex. And, you know, when I thought about sex and being sexual, because it's what I associated with a relationship, I was just like, well, in porn, I see all these things. And there's, I felt a lot of pressure. You know, I felt pressure of, of not being able to replicate what I saw on screen, of not being able to, you know, follow what I saw. Because some of the things that I realize now and I'm able to reflect, there's, there wasn't a lot of talk about consent. There wasn't talk about um, any communication really in the porn that I saw myself, you know? And so I was very just confused about what a relationship was, about what people expected of you in a sexual uh, situation, what I, I was to expect. And so porn served as my education for sexuality, for sex. And, and I didn't talk to anyone about this. It was just me and porn. And then I started having conversations with my friends because I wanted to change. I wanted to stop watching porn. I wanted to address my questions towards porn. You know, I wanted to ask, is this really what adults are doing? Is this really what is expected? And, you know, I started, uh, talking to my parents, I actually talked to my parents about this, about struggling with pornography, this idea of struggling with them after I watched the documentary, The Mask You Live In, that a branch is um, featured in, in the Ever Forward. And I remember this documentary was featured in, uh, we watched it in our English class in a gender unit. And it addressed porn, you know, it talked about how young men have, uh, so many hours on video games, so many hours on TV, and then about two, four hours, I don't remember how much exactly, but just four or five hours a week watching pornography. And that was the first time I heard porn being talked about in the classroom. And that was very powerful for me because someone, the documentary was addressing it as a problem, was addressing it as something that happened, first of all. You know, and for me, that was a relief because then I was able to connect with my friends. I remember my friend at the end of that um, documentary, after that section, he told me, he, he was just sharing how he, he felt like he had like left the classroom. Like he totally forgot he was in the classroom because I feel like it was mostly because, you know, you don't expect your teachers to be addressing pornography or, or for a documentary in a class. So that was huge for me. And so I, I write Exponatic because I think it's something that definitely came back in my life. Um, I remember my junior year, I wanted to stop and I did stop for about eight months. And that was when I reached out to Branch. That was when I reached out to my parents to talk to them. And then I, I just, as I began to graduate high school and think about college and all these responsibilities, I kind of, I turned back to porn, you know, to, to be a, a thing to kind of like a, like to pick me up, you know, kind of, my way to escape. And I've realized that over time, you know, porn is able to like, um, just release a lot of dopamine. You know, I've, I've done some research that porn has a, like it, it kind of like developed a desire within you and it can develop into an addiction. So like, if you look at addiction, you see that the drug or the thing that um, you're addicted to makes you feel good. And so I see, my relationship with porn in the past as an addiction because I kept coming back to it, even though I knew that it was harming me, you know, and, and um, one of the things that really hurts is that, you know, in, in my past, I, I learned a lot of things about sex and, and, you know, you're exposed to a lot of things as a young boy and there are just so many things, you know, I feel like a lot of parents only stay at that argument. They're like, Oh, there's all these nasty things as perversions. And that's true. And they don't talk about being able to help young, young boys and young people in general process that information and process what they're seeing and be able to address it. 
no one's talking to young boys. It's a lot of parents, like my parents didn't talk to me about pornography because they didn't know. Like it's something that's very new and that's come around recently, you know, and um, I, I needed that. I needed that conversation with someone. And I'm very thankful that I was able to talk to Branch and that the documentary was able to address it because that was the catalyst for me reaching out. And after I stopped watching pornography, I was still curious about sex. I was still curious about sexuality, about, you know, reproduction, about what it means to create a life, you know? And, and I feel like with porn, I didn't really see sex as something that was, you know, I didn't see that as, oh, that's, this is the way babies are made. I saw it more as like recreational, something people do for fun. It's like an activity. So I was able to replace my addiction to pornography, but I wasn't, I didn't get rid of my curiosity for sex and for what, you know, this conversation was about sexuality. And I remember when I was 17, just going to the library and searching up sex ed, you know, and that was the beginning of me just continuing to search for the answers of, of what pornography had thrown at me. Like, do we talk about consent? Do we talk about birth control? Do we talk about all these different things, all these different conversations? Like, I was wondering what kind of intimacy do you need to have emotionally before you have sex? What kind of conversations do you need to have, you know, before that? And, and porn didn't help me at all. And I wasn't having conversations. So sex ed and the books in the library were really saving me. They saved my, my own understanding of sex. And this is something that I like to share with people because I feel like not enough people are talking about it, not enough young people. Um, and I think it's, it's important. And it's also another thing, just tying it with my desire to help others I like to share my story and, and the damage that it had on me because I, I think that if young, young people hear others um, talking about pornography as a struggle and just bringing up the conversation and really seeing what, why people search pornography. And for me, it was a curiosity about sex. And it took me a while to learn that, you know, it's, it's normal. It's okay to be curious about sex, you know, and, I didn't have a conversation about that with my parents or with anyone, but now I learned that, you know, it's something that is normal. And um, I just want to share one last little thing that I was able to do. Uh, I was actually um, branch, Ashanti branch. Um, it gave me an opportunity to speak in San Francisco with a very small crowd, but um, it was, it was an opportunity to talk about the possible, um, downsides and the the negative effects of pornography consumption among teens and so he reached out to me because someone was um, hoping to have uh, a presenter on this topic and so he talked to me and and i was able to give that presentation and and i was nervous much like before this podcast but i was able to talk to some parents and my parents were in the crowd too which is really special for me and then the next week I, I remember I was a teacher assistant for my, uh, my teacher in high school as a senior. And I, I talked to my teacher about giving this presentation and they were in the sexting unit. And so I was able to also talk to the freshmen in that class who I was a teacher assistant for about my story, about being addicted to pornography, not feeling, feeling like I wasn't able to overcome this compulsion. Like, I always kept coming back to pornography. It was something that was getting in the way, you know? And so I was really thankful that I was, I was able to have that opportunity in high school. And I think it's something that I want to continue going forward with my life and in my, my journey. I want to be able to share that about myself, that a person like me, uh, a lot of people, I want to share that a lot of people who have talked to me as well are going through a, a, a relationship with pornography that they can't really put words about around or someone that they can talk to about their consumption with pornography and their questions about sex, because I feel like essentially that's what it is, a curiosity. And so that's something that I, I put on the back of my mask because I don't open up about it a lot, but I think it's very important. So I, I, I do keep it in mind and I do like to share that um, pornography was a struggle for me and that I think it's important to talk about.
Um, everything you said is um, like I didn't know about like, like I didn't know that could be a problem, and like listening to you talk about it is like it's really eye opening, and it's like, um, like it made me think about certain things, like you know how you said like it brings you pleasure, or like it's like it's your thing to go to to like make you happier. I feel like I do, I do like certain things like that. Like I remember my mom always tells me that, um, I mean, she'd be saying it in Spanish, but she'd be always basically telling me that every time I always run to something, you know, like every time something happens to me, like I always run to another girl or like if I mess up with this girl, I run to another girl. And like some of my exes have said that too. Like you always run to the next bitch. I don't know if I could say it, but I said it. So like, yeah, so like that, like, I don't know. Like it's interesting, like how you're saying it. Um, Thank you for saying that again. Um, my last word um, is afraid. Um, my last word is afraid because, like, although I'm serious, I'm fun, and I'm unbothered by a lot of things, at the end of the day, I'm afraid. Like, like <laughs> there's a lot of things in this world that scares me. Um, right now, my biggest fear is, um, like I said in my other check-in, I'm just, I'm afraid, um, oh, sorry, I'm a, I'm going to be a father next year, um, yeah, I'm going to be a father next year, so I'm just afraid that I'm going to be like my dad, or not just like my dad, but I'm just afraid that I'm not going to be a good father, um, I've been thinking about this lately and i just you know i want to be the best father i could be for my son or daughter um everything that's going on right now with um you know how messed up this country is like i don't want to be dragged away from my son or daughter you know like i want to be there for them i want to be there to care for them you know like Every single thing a dad's supposed to do, I want to do it, you know? Like, I want to be able to tell them I love them every day um, and actually mean it, you know? Because people could tell you that they love you, but they don't mean it, you know? Like, I feel like that's how my dad was to me because he said I love you and he has said I love you plenty of times. But it, it comes to a point that you just accept it. Like, you're like, all right, like I love you too. Like, you know, um, but yeah, I'm afraid that, that I'm not going to meet the expectations that I have for myself. Um, I have so many goals, I have so many dreams and I just want to, you know, accomplish my dreams, my goals, but I also want, um, to set a good example for my kid, um, I want them to know that, you know, I did everything I could to be a good dad. And yeah. Oh man, let's just take a deep breath. I feel like we've just been engaged in some deep conversations. I'm just gonna yeah. just take a deep breath. I think um, just something as simple as the mask activity, what we just did, and being able to address each word, I think it's very powerful. I think this tool alone is able to bring people into a conversation. It's, it's one of the best icebreakers that I can think of. You know, if, if you actually want to get to know someone, if you want to get something off your chest, if you want to identify things that are bothering you, that you need to talk about. I feel like this activity is able to bring that conversation, you know? So I'm, I'm really thankful for all the stories that you shared today, you know, and for all, all your, all that's going on, you know, behind the mask and everything that's also going in the front. I think it's very powerful to be able to share. I think it's very special. And uh, even if it's like you and me, you know, just sharing, 
feel like um, being able to talk about behind what's behind the mask with someone, it, it's a relief. You know? So, yeah, and like you said, um, you could really learn a lot from a person because, like, like I seen you at the office a couple times, like three times, um, but I didn't really know you like that. And now I feel like you know I I know you a lot more. Like it now, like back then I would just say hi, and like now I feel like I know who I'm saying hi to, you know. Um, so I feel yeah. I feel thankful for this. Um, this what's it called? The mask. No, no I know, but this um activity. I feel thankful mm-hmm. for this activity. Uh, how did you feel? Um, like, what was it like to take off your mask? Oh man, well, it was I, it was good. I felt relief after this um, after today's activity with you, um, because I ha- I haven't done a mask activity in a while. I have done it in the past, but today it felt uh, felt good because I've always been nervous or stressed or just wanting to you know script everything that I say about my mask and have every have every answer um but i felt relief today because i was calm you know and i was i I actually felt like i was willing to be open willing to be vulnerable and that helped me be calm you know it wasn't me just trying to you know mask some things I, i wanted to address some of the things going on in my life and so i felt relief yeah how did you feel about uh the activity I feel like I felt some relief, some relief as well. Um, it's different talking to someone you don't really know like that. Um, and like, it's a new experience for me because like I said, um, I really have big trust issues. So like, I don't tell certain people, you know, certain things. And I feel like with you, I've, I've opened up more than what I have to those that are close to me. So that should tell you a lot about the activity because um, when I spoke about Luis, I, I haven't, it was my first time, you know, actually opening up about the topic. So um, yeah, I just feel our relief right now. Like, like a big weight is like hopped off my back. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I feel like it's very important to, you know, who do we turn to? You know, who who can we have these conversations with regularly? You know, if it's a friend, it's your parents. Have you ever been able to find, you know, those mentors and those people that are there to listen to you when you need them? Yeah. Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... Oh, yeah, well, it's always... Mm. I have brands, but like I said, I really have trust issues. So even him, like sometimes I find myself pushing him away. And um, I've been doing that since since I met him, literally since I met him. He's always been reaching out, Alberto, 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 Alberto. And I just ask him like, what, like what's wrong with you? Like, what do you want to, what do you want with me? Like, Like, I'm showing him what I show others and others, they tend to just leave right away, you know, because, like, I'm showing them I don't want to talk to them. But when I do that with Branch, it's like he wants to talk to me even more. So it's just, like, like I'm really thankful for Branch because, like, like I've said before, I've said it to him. Um, I've said it to my mom. I even said it to my dad. Um, he's, like, he's he's a big father figure for me. Like, whenever something's wrong, Branch, 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 branch. So branch is, he's helped me um, overcome a lot of my obstacles as a, as an adult, basically, because yeah, when I was 18, that's when I really started talking to him a lot again. Um, so he's, he's been really helpful. So thank you, branch. Yeah, I want to extend the thank you as well. I think um, another person, one of the first people that I reached out about overcoming and wanting to overcome my struggle with pornography was also Branch. Even before my parents, 
And I felt a connection with Branch even before I met him because I saw the documentary. And so I saw just how he was building this environment for young people like myself to talk, to just something simple, jot down words, but be able to realize that other people are going through some other things, you know? And so um, I'm very thankful for Branch as well and for the work that he does. And we hope to continue um, having this activity, the mask activity, being able to help people use this tool to identify what's in front of the mask and what's in the back of the mask, you know, for them to be able to understand what they show to the world and what they don't show to the world. Because I feel like you can really get to know someone once you really identify things that are bothering you, things that you need to overcome, you know? And yeah, just very thankful for our conversation today and for this tool that the Ever Forward Club has provided and for the movement that's coming out. I'm really excited. Yeah, I felt like we, we talked about everything we had to talk about. Um, yeah. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. I think this is a, just a beautiful um, conversation we had where we got to get something off our chest, got to discuss the back of the masks, things that we uh, don't necessarily talk about all the time. And I want to thank you, Alberto, for uh, being just willing to be vulnerable with me on this call, even though we haven't met as much. I'm really excited and really thankful that we were able to do that today, to just be vulnerable and share with our viewers um, what's going on, you know, the front and the back of our masks.